How's it going, guys? Here to do my follow-up to my Doctor Who post a couple weeks ago, where I got caught up and watched the first special. I said there that I would do this after I watched the next two, and here I am. Uh, this is going to be spoiler-filled. Uh, we're going to go deep into my feelings about Doctor Who with this, so if you haven't watched them yet and don't want anything spoiled, leave now or... or don't complain later, I guess, because you've been warned. Okay, so let's start with my general thoughts about both Special 2 and 3. Start with Special 2. I really liked the second special. It did things... Let me rephrase that a little bit. Russell T. Davies did things with that story that I never expected. It was so zany and literally out of this world that I really, really loved it. It was was something completely different, I feel like, than anything we've gotten in Who prior. But yet also exactly what we've always got from Doctor Who. It was like a perfect blend of new and old. Um, So I really, really, I really, really liked it. Um... And, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. Um, I thought it was a really, really interesting story. Um, It was great fun seeing more with, you know, the Doctor and Donna and seeing the, like, the further progression of their friendship and the love that they have for one another. Um, It was cool to be able to see both Tenet and um, Kate be able to play different little characters, you know, and playing off of themselves, and, you know, I bet that was probably a lot of fun for them to film. It just looked a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, it was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. But let's really talk about Special 3, because this is where the meat uh, is, you know, the meat on the bone. Um, I loved this special, like... There's so much about it that I loved. I, You know, my personal favorite thing about Doctor Who is when it gets topical and when, it's, and when they choose to touch on topics that maybe other shows wouldn't. And yet they do it in such a graceful way, you know? Like I think of the Doctor's Daughter episode in Tenet's run, you know? I think of... You know, Vincent and the Doctor with Matt Smith. I think of... uh, I can't remember the name of the episode. But the one episode with Capaldi. Where it's basically like they're playing a game of Battleship. Like the dialogue he has with the the other person. I forget who it is that's in the villain on that episode. But you know, those are like the, the types of episodes that I really, really love in Who. You know? And... This felt like another another one of those. Um, the Toymaker, you know, I haven't gone through Classic Who yet, but I know the Toymaker is a villain from, you know, the, the original series. So I, I, my plan is to get all the Blu-rays and then go through it because I'm not going to pay like $11 a month to keep a subscription going to BritBox, you know, like, because... I have ADD, and I'm not going to trust myself that I'm going to watch it 
watch everything while I'm paying for it. So I'm just going to get the Blu-rays, then I can watch it at my own pace. Um, but I am going to go through it eventually. Um, so I know we'll get at least one or two episodes with him. Um, or I should say stories, because they kind of did it differently back then um, with him. But I love the way that Neil Patrick Harris played this character. You know, when I, when it got announced that he was going to be playing the villain, you know, um, I mean, I just... And I thought it was the master, you know, because, you know, up until just before the specials came out, like, they didn't... They hadn't really said who he was, and because of me not knowing classic Who lore, I didn't pick up on maybe some things that if that other people may picked up on. So I'm glad that they, he wasn't the master, actually. I feel like the toy maker was a perfect role for him to play. It was juicy. It was evil. It was fun. It was quirky. It was everything that I like to see Neil, Pat- Neil Patrick Harris do on screen. And seeing the chemistry between him and everybody else in the show was absolutely phenomenal. I love the story, again, going back to that just for a second, because it was topical, but it was also just a really well-written script, you know? And this is the perfect... And this is the... I feel like Special 3 is the perfect example of why a lot of the 13th Doctor, story-wise, didn't work. You know, there were several episodes with Jodie's Doctor that it was the characters and the actors that were carrying the episode because they were doing such a beautiful job of playing their roles and stuff. But the story was kind of like, eh, I'm not really interested. I'm more interested in the dynamics between you guys than than I am what's actually going on. You know, because there wasn't that, like, like, that, like driving force. You know, I was telling a friend of mine this actually just yesterday after I watched the special because I sort of let myself stew on my feelings and today I've watched a couple reactors that I like to watch react to it because I wanted to hear other people's thoughts on it um to really confirm and deny how I you know sort of felt about it you know um but I was telling them you know the first two seasons are really shoddy when it when it when it came to Jodie's doctor, but the, her last season, it really just hits this point. I think it's like episode three or four, and then from there on out, it just it it's this complete shift, you know. And it's not necessarily a shift in tone because the the show still has like the same feel and everything, but the story writing gets so much fucking better, and it really just grabbed my heart. Like, it just really, like, pulled me in. And, you know, I said this in the last episode that I did about Doctor Who, but it's like, you know, I love Tennant, and I love being able to see him come back as 14, but by the end of her run, I genuinely didn't want to see her go. Like, I, now that we were, I felt like we were finally getting to, like, a good pace with her as the Doctor, and she was already leaving. So, I wish the showrunner and I wish the script writers for the 13th Doctor had been better um they found their groove in the last season but it was just too late at that point you know so Jodie did amazing her cast did amazing but 
it was great seeing Tenet come back. And it's... We are getting something that I never thought we would get. But before we get there, I gotta talk about Shooty. Shooty Gatwa, I finally figured out how to say his name. I heard somebody say it. So now I can actually talk about him. Shooty. I love Shooty. My experience with him first is Sex Education on Netflix. I said that in the last uh, episode as well. If you have not seen Sex Education, you're a fan of British uh, shows, I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful, beautiful show. Um, but when it was announced that he was coming on as the Doctor, I flipped out because he is my favorite. He was my favorite character on Sex Education, and the way he played that role and that character, like the second he was announced, I was like, "Oh fuck yes!" Like I was just like, "Absolutely, let's do it. I'm on board." So, I didn't know exactly how he would play the role. I tried to stay away from, you know, a lot of the pictures that were coming out and whatnot. Because I really wanted to go into these specials blind. Um, you know. Um, so, what we got with his first introduction was absolutely spectacular. I think it's hilarious that the whole time he's fucking in his tidy whities that is hysterical to me um he is so the 15th doctor is so loving and empathetic and you know the way he was with 14 was so incredible and I guess they all sort of blend talking about 14 and 15 here because you know the thing about, you know, the Tenth Doctor, um, is there is a lot of truth to that. You know, like he was always running. You know, he never really got to stop and enjoy. You know, and now he's getting that, and I. I, I will echo something I heard one of the reactors I watched say. Yes, a big part of Doctor Who is the whole saying goodbye to this actor and welcoming the next one, shedding those tears, saying goodbye, all of that good shit, right? But, A, I absolutely don't have a problem at all with the idea of bi-generation. I think that's just a cool concept. Uh, just in general. But I know there's probably some people that are like, oh, well, this could be problematic moving forward. And here's how I take it. And who, and, and I'm just me, and I'm also the optim, you know, the, the, the optimist, you know, so what do I know? But here's how I look at it. We have known for a while that Shudu's Doctor is a reset. Technically, his 15th Doctor is season one of a brand new. So this isn't season, you know, 14 or whatever of Doctor Who. This is, you know, this is season one. This is a reset moving forward. So that being said, what I loved about the whole idea 
of them pulling him by generation is, you know, the sad thing with Classic Who, because when I first got into Doctor Who with the with the last run of it, I really dug into the history of Classic Who um, because I really wanted to know where Doctor Who came from because I didn't know anything about it. I I loved the series and, you know, I just wanted to know more and more about it. And I'm not going to go into all of it here, but to sort of sum it up, like, Classic Who has been cursed with so many bad things going on, like, Seasons not exactly going according to plan, and things getting cancelled, and then coming back, you know, budgets being cut, you know, all of these different things, you know, and then, you know, they had that huge fire that happened, you know, and they lost a whole bunch of episodes because of it. So there's just a whole slew of classic Who episodes that we're never going to get because, you know, they're just, they're, they're lost because of that fire. But even then, like, you know, the thing, the thing people always get wrong when they talk about classic Who, the last television doctor was the seventh doctor, was Sylvester McCoy. He is the last Doctor we got on TV. It got cancelled. Like, the show got cancelled. The eighth Doctor only has the movie. He's in that American-made movie that everybody fucking has a problem with. The eighth Doctor doesn't have, like, his whole, like, a whole run. He's got one fucking movie. That's it. He's like the War Doctor. Like, that's all he has. So, you know... And then it was about 10 more years went by, and then we got Eccleston, you know, with the Ninth Doctor coming in, and the, the run of Who that we've had now. And so, I love the way that they gave 14 a happy ending, because it was a great way to sort of put a, a bow on, really, Doctors 1 through 14. You know, the Doctor finally is able to sit down and have a family, and be quiet, and enjoy himself, and really get to sit on, sit in the prize of all the adventures he's, he's been on, you know, all of these years, you know, so, um, I, I really like that they did that, um, I know there's probably going to be a lot of people that have a problem with that, because, I already know a lot of people had a problem with the Timeless Child, with Jody's Doctor, but to me that just felt like stepping outside of the lore of Doctor Who and just looking at it from a real world world perspective. I didn't have a problem with the Timeless Child because, guys, how many times has the Doctor fucking regenerated at this point? Like, we've had, let's see, 15, if we're including the War Doctor, we've already had 15 Doctors. Technically speaking, Shooty is the 16th Doctor, but we don't count the War Doctor because of story reasons. We've seen this Doctor already well go past his 10 generation regenerations. So I don't understand the big fucking problem with the Timeless Child. To me, that's just sort of always been the lore, and it's what we saw with that episode is just the Doctor finding out the truth, and we as the fans getting the specifics of that truth. So, 
I never understood the problems with it because I always kind of fucking figured that's the case because when you're talking about a TV show that is wildly successful like Doctor Who, you want to have a way to keep it going. So from a real world perspective, why not have a character that has fucking unlimited regenerations? That just fucking makes sense to me. So I think people just need to get over themselves. They're holding the classic Who lore way too close to heart. Get fucking over it because it just makes sense. You might not want it to make sense, but it does. All right. So, you know, I could say the same thing about by generation. Look, it is what it is. Get over it. They did it. It's a thing. All right. It doesn't hurt anything. You know, and even one of the reactors I said actually has a great theory that the only reason that it was possible because it is a myth and because the toy maker is there, it gives uh, basically the ability for myths to sort of kind of happen, you know? So that's why it was able to be a thing. And so I don't think they're ever going to do by generation again. If they do, it's going to be years and years and years and years and years and years in the future. We'll probably be on like the 20th Doctor or like the 23rd Doctor before they ever try to do by a generation again. I don't think it's going to be a thing that we're going to like constantly do. I really feel like Russell T. Davies pulled that in to be able to put a bow on the run that he did with Doctor Who, starting with Eccleston and going all the way through Tenet again so that this truly can be a reset with Shooty's Doctor. And honestly, I'm all on board. You know, I have no idea with where things are going to go. Um, I'm super excited for Christmas Day, you know, um, getting getting the, the, the Doctor Who Christmas special, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, uh, I could definitely tell you now, though, I definitely want to go back through Doctor Who from the beginning, um, meaning nine. I want to, you know, from the beginning with nine, I want to go back from the beginning and watch all the way through um, I'm in the process of sort of talking down my parents and going through with, going through it with me, because I really want to see the show through new eyes and be able to have that experience with someone. But um, they're not quite there yet. But I'm we're getting closer, so um, I'll be excited to be able to go through it with somebody again, uh, even if it's not with them. But I, I just love this show to pieces you know I, I think I said this in the last one and I'll sort of end this with this and it's I forgot how much I really love Doctor Who you know for years I've said Doctor Who is my third favorite show because I had Game of Thrones at number one and Stranger Things at number two and then Doctor Who but as much as I love Stranger Things I don't get the because the reason I put Stranger Things at number two is because I'm a big 80s like junkie like Breakfast Club E.T. The Goonies you know if it's like what you think of when you think of 80s I'm into it so you know I thought Stranger Things did such a just a good job with like doing a show with that sort of vibe to it um but 
even when Stranger Things is peak good, you know, it doesn't hit my heart like Doctor Who does, you know? And so I think I've really flipped that with Doctor Who being my second show. I don't know that I can put Doctor Who as number one. It's flirting with number one. But Game of... Because I... As much as I... Like, my heart wants to put Doctor Who as my favorite show. But here's the truth of it. I'm also just a big, like... Like, uh... Just entertainment junkie in general. Like, movies and TV show. And knowing the behind-the-scenes stuff about Game of Thrones, just how game-changing the show was. I loved Game of Thrones. A lot of people didn't like the way the show ended, but I loved every fucking bit of it. Um, there's just I don't think there will ever be a show like Game of Thrones ever again. Like It just revolutionized what you think of when you think of a show. And I don't know if I could ever put something before. It's got to be something that really tops that bar that Game of Thrones set. Because even though I enjoyed it, I will give everybody alright. If you don't wanna if you don't wanna give them the last full episodes, you've you've gotta give me seasons one through six. I will give you seven and eight, maybe ain't good. But you gotta give me seasons one through six. Because one through six is some of the best writing on TV ever. So you know that being the case, that the fact that it was that good for that long uh, just shows if you put the work in, you know, this is what you get, you know. And by proxy, when you don't put the work in, you see what you get with season seven and eight of Game of Thrones. And you see what happens with Jody's doctor, you know, and you see with what happened with a lot of Matt Smith and a lot of Capaldi, you know. Like, here, I'm going to say this, like... Eleven is my second favorite Doctor because of Matt Smith. And I know in the last one I said Capaldi is my second favorite. No, no. I'm, Matt, Matt, Matt Smith is my second favorite again. I, I watched all of their, like, uh, the Doctor Who YouTube channel did a whole regeneration montage. And, like, fucking got me in the, in the fucking heart. And I was like, man, I really do love Eleven. Damn it. But here's my thing. I can say this about Eleven and Twelve. Capaldi and Smith. Moffat is shoddy on his fucking writing and what he does with those characters. Capaldi is brilliant. Smith is brilliant. I love them. But the stories are so off and on. And, like, it, it just feels all over the place, you know? Because, like, even though the writing wasn't good with Jody's Doctor, they're there was a clear thing going on. There was a clear path, I felt like, you know? Um, and maybe that was because I wasn't watching it at the moment and I knew what we were getting to because I knew she already generated into Tenet and I knew we were getting the specials. So maybe subliminally in my mind, I was piecing things together that maybe... I wouldn't have if I watched it in real time when the episodes were airing. But either way, I felt like Jodie's Doctor sort of had an endgame, you know? And, you know, even though the, the script writing itself was a little iffy a bit, the story made sense. I felt like with Matt Smith's Doctor, Peter Capaldi, 
he wanted to play in both in both games, right? You know? Because I actually really like the way Russell T. Davies did 10 when he initially did 10 it. Because with I feel like with the second two seasons of, of his Doctor Who, for like the first half of the season, it is just a bunch of adventure episodes. But they give little Easter eggs of what's to come at the end. And then like the second half of the season, there's an actual like through line and a story that we're reaching to. And that's especially true for the third season because it leads up to those Doctor Who specials. And then it leads up to the end of time where we say goodbye to Tenet. I wish Moffat had stuck to that because it just felt all over the place with Capaldi and Smith to me. And it's not that I didn't have fun. I mean, I said this in the last one. I love all the Doctors. Like, this isn't me saying that, like, you know, I don't enjoy the show at all. Because even when the show is bad, it's still fucking candy to me. Like, I love it. But I don't like what Moffat did with his Doctors in the sense of... If you're going to do story and random episodes, you've got to do it in a very specific way. You can't just do it willy-nilly the way that he did it, you know? That's why I really kind of fell off the path with Capaldi, because as much as I loved his doctor, everything just felt like everything was all over the place. So I was just like, well, there are these other shows that are really popular and are really big that my friends are watching and everything, so I'm going to dip on Doctor Who and go watch those. And then, you know... You know, a handful of months ago, I finished Capaldi and I got caught up with him. And then I started Jody, but then I fell off the wagon again. And then, you know, um, the week, uh, what was it? The week before and during Thanksgiving, was that it? I was watching the, you know, Doctor Who getting caught up and then I watched um, the special the first special when it came out. So, you know, I, uh, that's sort of been my journey, you know, with watching Doctor Who again. And I, um, I really do just really love this show. And I don't think there are a lot of shows that do what this show does. And I think it's always going to have a special part in my heart. I mean, I'm already thinking of tattoo ideas. Because I really want to get a Doctor Who tattoo. But I don't know what I want to get. Um, I know what I would like to do. Um, but I guess I would have to find an artist that would know how to do it if it's even possible. Um, but yeah, you know. Um, that is... That is it. So... That's sort of my thoughts. I know I sort of rambled for like 10, 15 minutes there at the end. Didn't mean it to make it that much longer, but um, um, I love gushing about Doctor Who, so apologies. So uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening and peace out.